Hello, Precision Insights Podcast listeners. This is your host, Dave Wolf with Genexus. I'm thrilled to take you on another journey related to precision medicine and precision prescribing. In today's episode, our guest is Melissa Turner from my home state, uh, North Carolina. Uh, Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you here? Okay, so I, like like David said, I'm from North Carolina, born and raised, and I graduated from Meredith College in Raleigh in 2008 with my Bachelor of Science degree in biology, and then I started at Campbell University for my Doctor of Pharmacy in 2009, graduated in 2013, and when I was graduating, my goal was to work as a pharmacist in an independent pharmacy. I had worked at an independent pharmacy back home in Mount Olive for about two years, and I really loved it and enjoyed it and thought that would be a great fit. But when I got to graduation, I realized there were very few opportunities in independent pharmacy, either because there just weren't a lot in the area where I live now, or the pharmacists that were there knew what a great uh, job they had and they weren't leaving. And I was just not sure, you know, what I was going to do. And I didn't want to move or relocate from where we were. And so I started with CVS as a staff pharmacist and was there until May of 2021. And to transition from the independent pharmacy to retail was definitely a big jump and I was not prepared at all. But after a few years, I finally started to get the hang of it. And I was like, okay, I can do this. But then as the years went on, things just got worse and I was struggling a lot and got to the point where I didn't even know if I wanted to continue in pharmacy. I was just really in a bad place. And I just didn't know what to do next. And through a series of God working things out in my life, I was able to learn about pharmacogenomics and PGX and meet another amazing pharmacist, Dr. Jamie Wilkie. And I joined her PGX Consulting Confidence Academy in April of 2021 and learned how to start my own business. And I launched Tar Heel PGX Consulting on September 20th of 2021. And here I am today. So that's the short version. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, thank you so much. So yeah. that, that journey is is pretty, unfortunately, pretty typical to a lot yes. of the folks in the audience right now. And, mm -hmm. and if you think about what you've been through, the independent pharmacy, I know when I graduated uh, many decades before you, um, the independent pharmacy was the way to practice pharmacy. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. the trusted uh, the trusted professional in town. Um mm -hmm. They go to the pharmacist before they see their doctor sometimes. Right. And then the market changed. Uh, market, and you saw that from your undergrad through graduating and in, in, from pharmacy school. And, and it's, you know, out of necessity, it's almost, uh, you know, KPI or key performance indicator driven metrics yes. that the pharmacist yes. is under. And you also weathered the storm through the pandemic. Um, yeah. And it, definitely, you, you said you said you kind of lost yourself. I did. Talk about that a little bit more, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Um. So things, like I said, were pretty tough. 
as far as the increased demands on what pharmacists are required to do in a retail setting. And no one really understands what that's like until you're actually in there and you're trying to do it. And then, yes, the pandemic just made everything worse. And I just got to the point where I begged my husband. I was like, please don't make me go to work. Please don't make me go to work. Wow. He was like, no, you, you got to go. <laughs> we got bills to pay. Um, so I just felt like I wasn't being a very good pharmacist. I wasn't being a very good boss for my technicians. And that wasn't fair to them. And that wasn't fair to my patients for me to not be fully invested. So I had to figure out a way to transition so that I could enjoy pharmacy again. I thought about other schools or, you know, other professions, but I just didn't want to do that and incur more student loan debt, things like that. Um, so it was just a tough decision and it was scary, but I'm glad I did it. And I'm on the other side and I enjoy helping people again, not just pushing medications out as fast as possible and getting stuff before it times out and meeting the vaccine quota for the week and the day. And then if you don't meet it, then you have to get on a conference call on your day off or early in the morning before you even go into work. So you're already stressed right to start with. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just, um, it was just a lot. And then I suffered some losses in my family and that affected me as well. Um, Absolutely. Both of those. Yeah. Both of those times when I found out about um, those family members that passed away, I was at CVS. Um, so I think there was some PTSD as well, just associating that particular location with the terrible things that had happened. So it was it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot, but I'm, I'm in a better place now. So there is hope on the other side if you're still in the trenches and trying to get through it and just trying to get through your shift. And it takes some courage. I mean, tremendous yeah. courage to, to make that. Sometimes you get to that breaking point and, and I've heard it from several pharmacists saying, Hey, I, I'm going to get out of healthcare. It's not mm -hmm. worth it. But then there's this, this, this burning flame in your belly still and your passion still there. Right. Talk to me about what you like about pharmacy. What brought you back into, you know, sticking with it? Yeah. So I I think almost all pharmacists will say we got into pharmacy because we want to help people. And we do. Um, so when I found out about pharmacogenomics, you know, I didn't have that as a course in pharmacy school. I'd never heard of that term. So I wasn't familiar with it. And when I heard it, I was like, what? What is that? Let me, you know, look into that. And when I realized that there was a test available to help people know which medications they should or shouldn't take based on their DNA, I was like, why are we not using this? Why, is, why have I never heard of it? Why is nobody talking about this? I didn't even know this was an option. And so I was like, wow, this is really cool because for all those years working at CVS, I continued to see people come in over and over again with a new prescription because the one that they took before didn't work or it caused some sort of side effect that, you know, they didn't like. And so I was like, wow, this is a tool that is fairly inexpensive, but we can help cut down on that trial and error so that the patients aren't having to go back and forth to the doctor and the pharmacy and the gas 
money and the co-pays for doctor visits and prescriptions. And, you know, if they get a medication and it causes them harm potentially, then they could have an adverse effect and go into the hospital. And how much does that cost? Um, there have been reported cases of people dying from taking a medication that had they had this test, it, that could have been prevented and they might still be alive. So I was really excited about being able to work one-on-one -on -one with patients and feel like I'm really making a difference and teaching them and helping them learn about their medications and about their body so that they don't have to take something that they shouldn't. So, you know, you mentioned uh, Dr. Jamie Wilkie and, mm -hmm. and her um, Confidence Academy. Um, how, how'd you find that? And, you know, is as I recall, you did some other research as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is this tool that we can use now, this this test? And um, and don't feel bad because it wasn't available when you were in college. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it was available, but it wasn't, the clinical evidence wasn't there yet. Right, right. Um, so the whole uh, thing that got me moving out of retail was, and it's kind of sad, but it's my story. I was, uh, I had been on LinkedIn for years looking for jobs, but everything that was on there was either retail, which I was already doing and didn't want to continue doing, or it was jobs in hospitals. And I was like, I haven't been in a hospital for years since P4 rotations. And I don't remember all of that stuff. How am I going to you know, do that? Or you had to have a residency. I didn't have a residency. So I either felt like there were jobs that weren't what I wanted or I didn't feel qualified enough. But one night in December of 2020, I was scrolling through LinkedIn and I saw a podcast that another pharmacist had done. It was actually the pharmacist that hired me at CVS back in 2013. And she was talking with another pharmacist about pharmacist burnout. And so I'm listening to it and I'm laying in bed. I have my headphones on and my husband's asleep, my baby black lab is asleep, everybody's snoring and it's dark and I'm just bawling, crying, listening to this podcast. And I'm thinking, wow, okay. It's not just me. It's, it's the system. I'm not a terrible pharmacist. I'm not a terrible person. There are other pharmacists out there that feel just like I do. And it was at that point that I realized, you know what? I either stay at CVS and complain about how terrible it is, which my husband was tired of hearing me complain, but that was my life. That's all I knew, or I make the change. And so I reached out to her and she actually works with the Happy Farm D program, which is a coaching program specifically for pharmacists. And I was like, tell me more about this. This sounds really cool. And she encouraged me to participate. So I did that. And through my coach, her name was Jackie Boyle. We worked and it was a wonderful opportunity to sort of step back, look at myself, figure out who I am and what it is that I want to do and my what fits my personality. So working in a retail environment where things have to be done real quick and you know, in a hurry. And that that just gives me anxiety and stress. I like to be able to think and process and research. Another great thing about PJX, when I get a patient's report, I look at it and I get to research and go to CPIC and from GKB and figure out the drug interactions and use Genexus's software to, you know, figure out what's best for the patient. Um, so through the coaching process, my coach Jackie introduced me to Jamie 
And at the time, Jamie, she had started her own PGX business, had gone through the Happy Farm D as well, but she was also creating the PGX Consulting Confidence Academy. And she was teaching pharmacists how to do what she was doing, how to leave retail, how to start your own business, how to work with labs, how to work in a provider's office, everything you needed to know about how to start your own business, she was teaching. And so when I heard Jamie talk, I was like, wow, I think this is it. I told Chris, my husband, I was like, I think this is what I need to do. I didn't know anything about having my own business. I didn't get an MBA with my farm D because I didn't think I'd ever own my own business, but you know, here I am doing it. So joining that really, that's what got me here. And I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for Jamie and the Academy and all the other pharmacists that I've met and connected with through the Academy. And that's how I got to where I am. So there, you had the courage to, you, you were you know looking at LinkedIn, um, yes. you're doing other research, you're finding out that you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and, but, but the gap that you saw was, well, you know, you don't need an MBA, but it'd be nice to have that knowledge. And that's what Jamie right. spun, spun up with the Academy. Yeah. And because they don't teach that in the pharmacy school unless no. you take some business electives. Um, right. Yeah. We don't talk about entrepreneurship. No, no, but that's it's, what, that's what's so exciting about this. This. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate, but it's really exciting too, is kind of the entrepreneurship that started the independent pharmacies, you know, decades ago. Yeah. Centuries ago. Um, now is coming back in these individual uh, practices that you're taking, you mentioned you get the research and get to use the software. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to do that when you're crunching out scripts in a, in a retail. No, so no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the return on investment is going to come with time as you yes. grow your practice. Um, mm-hmm. You've already seen some successes. Yes. But one thing that you mentioned to me was and I've read that the pharmacogenetics is now required to be part of the pharmacy curriculum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what does that mean? And what does that look like? <laughs> well, through the Academy. And, and um, so I also work with Jamie talking to other pharmacists like myself who are wanting to transition or add a side hustle through PGX. And so I've talked to lots of pharmacists um, through doing those phone calls and bringing them into the academy, but also through networking events. And I always ask, you know, do you know about PGX? Did you learn it in pharmacy school? Like, what do you know about it? And unfortunately, yes, PGX is required to be a part of the curriculum now, But there's no set standards as to how it's taught. So each pharmacy school can choose how they teach their students the PGX. And so I think that's unfortunate and something we need to work on because the pharmacists that did have it, it's all different. And I think I may have only spoken to one pharmacist who their school offered a PGX elective. So some people, it's just in passing. Some, it was like a one-hour course. And there's so many 
people out there who are saying, pharmacists advocate for PGX. Y'all are the ideal health profession to lead the charge for PGX, you know, because we have that education in pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics. We have the ability to look at the drugs and the metabolism and, and read all that. You know, doctors can do that, but they don't have the time. They're busy enough and overwhelmed enough as it is to try and add something new. So people want pharmacists to advocate for this, but it's real hard for pharmacists to advocate for something that they don't know about and they don't understand. So people like myself who graduated 10, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have it. How are we supposed to tell other people about it? So that's one of the things that I'm passionate about is teaching and providing education. And when I was a little girl, I always thought when I grew up that I'd be a school teacher and I had my stuffed animals on the bed and I would teach them <laughs> and, you know, tell them what to do and read them books. And then I, as I got older, I was like, you know what? God has not called me to be an elementary school teacher. That's okay. So I'll pivot. Um, but I am a teacher again, but just in a different way, not to, you know, children. Um, but that's what I want is to teach pharmacists. And that's what I've done over the last year. So I had the opportunity to go back to Campbell where I graduated because I live about 10 minutes from there now and teach to the P2 students, give them a lecture and talk about PGX and how I came to do this and how I'm using it in my business. And it was just a really neat opportunity for them to meet someone local who is actually doing this and hear what that looks like. Um, so education through teaching at pharmacy schools or a few weekends ago, I had the opportunity to go to Nevada and to speak to the pharmacists there about pharmacogenomics, you know, what it is and how it can help their patients and having people come up and say, yeah, I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know all of that. I didn't know that, that you taught me something new. So just little things like that, that I've had the opportunity to do. That's that would that's what puts a smile on my face that's what makes me happy is teaching and um another opportunity i had earlier in the year was to go to campbell and they had a day where all the medical students from like nursing and the do school and pa and pt and pharmacy and clinical research they had to rotate rotate through some different uh classes like 30 minutes to an hour each. And so I had the opportunity to expose students in other medical professions to PGX and what it is. So hopefully when they see it out in the real world very soon, it won't be a foreign concept that they've never heard of. Well, fantastic. And, and the other way you educate is every time you talk to a patient, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's so rewarding to watch the light bulbs go off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any examples of, of where you've made a big impact on a patient? Yeah, so I've helped so far 43 patients get a pharmacogenomics test. And I even did one on myself and my grandma and learned things about ourselves that we didn't know. We would have never known had we had this test. And I even um, have helped a former professor from pharmacy school and on my YouTube channel for my business, I have an interview with him and he talks about what he learned. Um, but just people learning about medications that they should stay away from, like clopidogrel is a pro drug that has to be activated. And some people 
are poor metabolizers. So if you need this medication, do not take it. It will not work. You need to avoid it. We need to give you something else, you know, but you can't look at someone and tell that about them. You're not going to know until after you give it to them and something bad has potentially happened. So, yeah, I've had many people that are so grateful for this information and talk about how it gives them a peace of mind to know that they're on the right medication or the right dose. Or if they finally figured out why their omeprazole wasn't really working for them. Well, you're a rapid or ultra rapid metabolizer. You're clearing it too quickly. Well, no wonder you're having nocturnal heartburn symptoms and things like that. So then being able to recommend changes to help the patient, that's that's the benefit. That's where the joy comes in is helping them and letting them see and learn about themselves, things they never would have known without this test. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So it, it almost empowers them. It empowers mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. allows you to practice pharmacy the way that you want to practice it mm-hmm. allows you to become the educator that you yeah. always wanted to be um, yeah. just in a different way mm-hmm. um, which to me is really exciting and I think that some of the advocacy you're doing across the country and that's kind of the beauty of um, the world we're in today is th- the message can be delivered across the country um, right. from central North Carolina yeah so, yeah it doesn't have to be the uh, independent drugstore on the corner. And I mm-hmm. literally worked at the corner drugstore when I was uh-huh. in college. Um, that's yeah. what it was called. It still exists today, which is good. Fantastic. That's, um, that's rare. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the impact you make on and, and touching and share, you know, sharing your experience with these other pharmacists who are going through this burnout phase, mm-hmm. um, giving them some hope. Yes. Fantastic. Um, you know, keep up that work. What are some other things we can do to increase that base level of understanding of pharmacogenetics? Well, there's a lot of resources out there to help increase the knowledge. Uh, One of the things that I had the opportunity to do through being in the PGX Academy was to create a free CE on pharmacogenomics. So myself, along with three other pharmacists from the Academy, we created a CE, it's on CE Impact, and I can provide the information on how to access that. It's free for a year, so September of next year. And so the one we did is just a basic overview of PGX, what it is, and how to like read a report and there's a patient case in there, but then there's also two other groups of pharmacists from the Academy who created a CE as well, free also. Uh, one of them is on PGX with a focus on mental health. And then one is a PGX focused on cardiology. So those are available. Pharmacists have to have CEs to renew their license. So yeah. there's three free CEs right there to help with your um, knowledge as well. So there's certification courses as well. There's books on Amazon, which I bought one when I was first starting out because I couldn't get enough knowledge. I love to read. So that was something that I did. You you don't have to do that, but 
the CEs are out there. And then I'm also a member of NCAP, the North Carolina Association of Pharmacists, and I'm a member of the e-learning team. And right now we're going through all the continuing education that is available for pharmacists in North Carolina, revamping that. And then I hope to also have the opportunity to create a PGX CE for North Carolina pharmacists. Fantastic. I'll, I'll sign up for that one. Yes. Because um, I we're coming to the end of the year and I do need some mm -hmm. CE credits. So thanks yep. for sharing that. Yeah. Um, no, so it's just, it's so rewarding to hear these stories um, for me because I've heard from so many, even students saying, mm -hmm. you know what, I'm not sure a pharmacy is going to be for me. And, and yeah. then they sit in a lecture at Campbell or uh, they hear you speak at a, at a conference and, mm -hmm. and you may touch that one or two, uh, students lives mm -hmm. and, and make them get, you know, get them reju rejuvenated. Um, so I love those stories. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what it's all about is it's not just about me. It's about all of us and we have to work together. We have to advocate for ourselves because if we don't, no one else will. Um, pharmacists can do more than dispense and put pills in a bottle and count by five that's going to be soon replaced by I mean it already is by robots and technology so as pharmacists we go to school for a minimum of you know six for myself eight years with undergrad and then pharmacy school but then if you consider those who do the residencies and the board certifications I mean we are very knowledgeable highly educated men and women who we need to figure out how we work and use that knowledge um, to teach our, our patients. And it may not be in PGX, but, you know, what is it that you're passionate about? What do you want to do? What kind of impact do you want to leave in this world? Because we will always be here and teaching the pharmacists that are coming behind us that the, you can do more than what you see when you walk into a retail store. Um, there's more out there than just hospital retail or residency. If you don't see what you want, you can go out there and create it. It's scary sometimes to do something that no one else has done, but that's not a reason or at least a good enough reason not to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. Yeah, this, this has been this has been great. And I appreciate the time you took with me this afternoon to of course. chat. Um, any parting words for this this audience? Um, I would just say if you're in a place where you feel like you want to leave pharmacy, don't. Um, you know, just continue to network and meet other pharmacists who are doing something that you're interested in and know that there, there is hope out there. There is life out there and you can enjoy being a pharmacist again. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So I have a Facebook page and Instagram page for my business, Tar Heel PGX Consulting. I also have a YouTube channel, as I mentioned, with patient interviews and little videos I recorded talking about my test results and what they mean. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And then for my business website, it's TarHillPGXConsulting.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Melissa. Appreciate yes, the thank time. Thank you.